Welcome to the Esports Podcast. This is your host, Mr. Number Nine. And this is the full. Hello, everyone, and welcome to our first ever, and hopefully not last ever, esports podcast, talking about an esport that me and the fool have played since the inception of this game existing, which is Age of Empires 2. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It will not surprise you all to know, because me and the fool are very, very old these days, <laughs> that we predate the, uh, the origin of Age of Empires 2 by more than a decade. <laughs> Almost two decades. Exactly. And there was a time when me and the group of players, me and the fool, played Age of Empires with. We're not sure about making the switch to Age of Empires 2 because we still really liked Age of Empires 1. Yeah, exactly. And for a while, we did play Age of Mythology 2, which I still like as a game, which I also think is, would be a very good esport if it were, you know, updated to just balance the units and played today. Yeah, yeah. We're going to talk about Age of Empires 2, Age of Kings, the most popular game in the Age series by far. By miles. So, like I said, me and um, the Fool played back in the day, and there are players who played back, like we predate Doubt yeah. in terms of our tournament experience. And by tournament experience, I think we didn't play in these tournaments, but we watched and saw uh, and saw a lot of these tournaments. And this is back when StarCraft was really starting to hit the scene um, and becoming a really uh, probably the first real professional esport like you could become a professional gamer yeah, yeah. and live on starcraft i'm i'm sure there were other games and there have been other professional gamers i'm not going to use quotation marks like people like back in the days of arcades and things like that who did do it for a living and then you know who have a lot who have lots of records um the guinness book of world records and twin galaxies on a side note, if you ever want to watch stories about uh, esports, great documentary, King of Kong, which is about two players trying to be the first to get one million points on Donkey Kong. Oh, that does sound interesting. And it's one of the be- one of the best esports movies ever, I think. Yeah, yeah. I'm not going to get into it because, like I said, esports has a long and varied history since the arcade days all the way till now, online playing, yeah, yeah. maybe eventually even VR. Now. Age of Empires real-time strategy was the first game genre to really make it big and you know generate a lot of money for players and professional players. Initially, obviously, in Korea, and it won't surprise anyone to know the initial really good players of Age of Age of Kings, Age of Empires were Koreans, yeah. and they were very good at uh, real-time strategies. But a lot of those good players from Korea just swapped to playing StarCraft. Yeah. Um, understandably, again, because that was the big game. Uh, Age of Empires, what it lacked in making money, I think it more than made up for with the com- with community passion. People still kept playing Age of Empires for a long, long time. And long after Microsoft probably gave up on the game and just didn't even think about making money for it. No, no, yeah, it definitely survived all through those years. As you say, it was big in the early 2000s, well, late, very late 90s, early 2000s. And then, yep. sure, Microsoft sort of just went, well, that's, they moved on to Age of Empires 3 and other things. So, like, oh, that's done, next cycle, next game. But, say it. It kept going. The hardcore just stayed. I mean, Age of Empires 3 is by no means a bad game. Um, I I don't like it as much as Age of Kings, but I still think it's a pretty good game. Still pretty fun to play. Yeah. Um, I think arguably their single-player missions are more fun to play than Age of Kings. Age of Empires 1, it's just got retro 
like yeah. nostalgia value. Like it's fun for that. I mean, it's not fun if you didn't grow up playing it. Like, <laughs> I don't think anyone would. Anyone le- realistically will say Age of Empires 1 is better than Age of Empires 2 on any level. No, no. Other than nostalgia value. And then we had Age of Mythology, which is sometimes treated... I think Age of K- Age of Empires 3 is treated like the red-headed stepchild of the series. But Age of... Because I think Age of Mythology still has a lot of hipster fans. Like, people yeah. who play Age of Kings still really like Age of Mythology. They just think it needs to be balanced. They need an active balancing community yeah. to well, fix uh, to give, fix the issues yeah well age three went in a slightly different direction right it went to mm. the the age of colonization and stuff and so yep. it had, sort of had your home base which you built and you went missions yep. to build it up and get cards you got cards and stuff yeah but age of mythology sort of went back to the, the age roots as such which sort of yeah yeah i agree normal stuff so and i think age of mythology's introduction of myth units and hero units to add to the Rock, paper, scissors of art, artillery, um, uh, infantry, and archers. Like it adds another lizard Spock to that equation, and it actually yeah. it's more difficult to balance. Absolutely, but I think it's also a lot of fun. Like that's it makes it a fun game to play, and, and adds to the strategy. Right, suddenly yes. you've got all extra things to try to worry about, as opposed to say the age two misses now is basically you go scout rush or you go arch rush. You know? Yeah go in one direction or the other and didn't really have an infantry it's not really an infantry meta as such whilst with age of yeah. mythology it feels like there's more of that like you can get a bit of balance that way other than it's not a balanced game currently but yeah yeah and i think also a lot of there's a lot of things because i think things like your spell powers and the fact that myth units had some special attacks and heroes sometimes had special attacks yeah, made yeah. thing made it difficult to be like one type of unit is going to rule the roost. I think it was a lot harder to make like the death ball of range units in yeah. Age of Mythology because you had attacks, a lot of spread attacks, or like you could freeze them or give your units like temporarily, like basically immunity to range damage and yeah. things like that. But without getting into it, Age of Empires 2 like, uh, ha- basically had a renaissance in the late 2010s but when the fan community were basically given ownership of the game by Microsoft and they yeah. started making expansions expansions and expansion civilizations with new abilities and started really tinkering with the balance of the game. Um, I think before this, the game was re like part of the reason why the scene was stagnating is we didn't have people making balance changes and like realistically nobody would uh, like before the 2010s before we got the new expansions and everything um people just didn't go to like Castle Age you basically just went for wood and food and you just built scouts pikemen and skirmishers yeah because why waste villager resources on uh, getting gold and stone when you don't really need it yeah. and that was basically the way we played i mean you sure you sometimes got stone for towers and that was it you either tower rushed or you and then late game converted it to like your you know trash unit wars and it was all about the trash unit wars um it is no coincidence that the most favorite civ uh, of that era were the byzantines yes introducing new civs also shook up the meta um i think i like that um Inevitably, the new sibs are too powerful to yeah. begin with, but it slowly gets balanced out. So, but I, like I said, I think I like that 
it makes the game more interesting. And it's also because there is strategy within strategies to winning in Age of Empires. So We'll talk a bit about the Hidden Cup format. So the Hidden Cup, this is the fourth year of its iteration. What We have uh, basically got 16 players whose identities will be hidden during the play of the tournament. Um, we had eight invited players who are the, basically the top eight players of the Age of Empires scene. I don't think anyone will look at those players and go, none of them, any of them didn't deserve to be the invited players. Yeah, exactly. Um, because like there are some really good players who had to qualify. But you look at them and go, well, but you, who would we kick out? Yeah, exactly. Because the because the guys who are invited are incredibly good, which is not to say the people uh, who had to qualify are not incredibly good, and I don't, and you know, incapable of winning, absolutely not. Like no. they're all very good players. Like yeah, your invites include ACCN, and yeah, Bact and Jordan Bact. and Vivi and Nikolf and Vinchester and Villies, like. These are all... Uh, and like a man from British... back in the day we played, Jordan. Jordan, yeah, exactly. Like These are all ridiculously good players. Blast from the past. And even like newcomers or relative newcomers like Barles, who's really gone up and improved his play, yeah, and yeah. Valise, who's really improved his play in Winchester. Um, yeah. So... Well, they're all ridiculously good players, those three. Like, yeah. They can beat the others. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. They can definitely beat the others. Um. So they're all going to be play. Their identities in game are going to be hidden, and they're going to uh, basically masquerade as one of the many NPC players you get to play in the um, missions of Age of Empires, which, uh, which I think is a great tradition for this yeah, yeah. tournament. Like it almost makes it worthwhile for Microsoft to just release more mission packs, just so that we don't run out of heroes for <laughs> Hidden Cup to use. I mean, they probably will. I mean, they have yes. been. Helping, well, playing up mm. to T ninety, um, yes. all the way through. Given that T ninety, I think everybody uh, in the scene is like, he's the absolutely. guy that kept this alive. Yes, I mean, if there is like a uh, Mount Rushmore of Age of Empires uh, as an esport and like as a community as a fandom, um, like basically there T ninety is basically George Washington right up there. He's the first okay. name you think about. Yeah, yeah. And Definitely. just the way we, uh, just he just keeps the fandom fresh. He, I think, uh, I'll just outright say it. I, I think Age of Empires have basically got the best fandom for any game, oh, uh, esport, uh, online, like full hands down. Hands down, they're easily. the most welcoming. Like everybody's like people. There's so few troll wars. People have legitimate discussions about. I think these are good in this scenario, and they go, "Yeah, but I always get into this situation." And they go, "Huh? You must have your eco geared a different way to mine." And like nobody thinks you're an idiot for doing it. No, it's no. like you do what feels right. Like we're not pro players. Yeah, yeah. That's the thing. It's and everybody is really welcoming of any skill level like you can join yeah. discussions and be like hey so i'm a total noob and they're like cool you want to learn okay let's help you out this is the stuff you need to know and like there is no looking down on you or anything it's fully just yeah. and not even helping you like you have to be really good and be a top player like no just how are you going to have fun okay this is how to help you have that fun 
yeah, like here, here's a basic thing, uh, build, build order. order, which will let you use archers if you think archers are fun. Yeah. And these are like top players that are doing this. Yeah. Yes. Speaking of the top players, we would be um, remiss to not mention some of these other players and these who I think would also belong in that Mount Rushmore. Um, well, first, obviously, our Lord and Savior, Doubt, yes. who created the current Age of Empires universe and then sent T90 to <laughs> propagate his message. <laughs> like, he's been around forever. Yeah. Um, I think. Uh, well, looking at his. His page showing his tournament winnings. He's had decent winnings since 2003, like three thousand dollars earnings 2003, thousand in 2004, all the way through these earnings every year, all the way up to this year. Surely, some of those years are a bit slack, but that would be just showing how little tournaments there were. There'd be like two or three tournaments that he won. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, and he's like I said, he's a legend. He's been around forever. Um, and I think the other player we definitely put on this uh, pedestal is prob uh, uh, the Viper, who's all, who's his great rival and teammate at uh, in secret now. I believe they're in. Um, or Gamer Legion. They've moved to have they? Gamer Legion, yeah. Yes, yes, with Jordan. So, with Jordan, they so they're secret, part of. Yeah. They were in secret together, uh, yeah. but so the Viper is basically, um, if Doubt is like the classic player who's been around forever and still great, um, Viper is basically like the uh, t- Tiger Woods of the sport. Um, he's won uh, so many hidden cups, so many great tournaments, um, so many S tier wins. He's probably by far won the most money of any uh, Age of Empires player easily. ever. Easily, easily. I think in all S tier top level competitions up to the Red Bull um, competition last year, he basically yes. won all of them in, a fi- in the previous five years. Like if there was yes. a S tier competition, Viper was in, he won it. And that was absolutely just, i think he has like 45 tournament wins uh, there are yes. no doubts that close yeah. like it's just ridiculous his levels hey, and if you ever watch him play you can just tell how good he is oh, yeah. it's one of those things where you can like i'm nowhere near as good as a uh pro player in uh, age of empires um but you know just the clear sheer levels of skill he just shows. Oh, yeah. um, and also, he's the defending champion, so you know, there he's, was obviously he was always going to get his. Uh, he's, uh, he's won every hidden cup. Or so yes. Far, all three. It's winner, Viper, 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 Viper. Yep. Just. And so he's uh, no doubt g- going to be one of the favorites, if not the favorite. Oh, definitely the favorite, win. I think. And I think uh, this time, this tournament, though, we might say that he's co favorites. Because he's actually found a great rival. So perhaps a Rafael Nadal to go along with his uh, Roger Federer status. Would that be unfair to say for, uh, for Mr. Yo? Oh, 
definitely not. Uh, I think that's high that praise. Is... Like you're being compared as the Rafael Nadal of your sport. Yeah. That's pretty high praise. Would you agree? Um, I would definitely agree. And having watched Mr. Yo play, it is well deserved. He is yes, so good. He's he is the Viper killer. Now he yeah. we don't know what part of the draw he's in. We don't know if he's going to play Viper, not knowing that he's going to be playing Viper, or not being sure that he's going to might affect his play. Yeah. Um, but. Yes, he's still a very good uh, player. Um, I would not be surprised if those two are in the final. Look, there's no seeding, so they might face each other in the first round and knock each other out. That's just how Hidden Cup rolls, man. Whenever that game comes up, it's going to be ridiculous because... Yeah, it's basically yeah. there's zero Fs given. Like yeah. you're At this point, there's no bad player anyway, so no, you no, can't exactly. really just... complain. No, they'll be every game, they'll be all in the same. Say they don't know who's playing... And they also yeah. know it's like the top players. Yes. There, oh, there is sure. No if easy you game. see somebody have like three layers of walls in the feudal age and they're going for a big boom, that's doubt. Like, <laughs> yeah. But to talk about his style, like I would say doubt is probably one of the most knowledgeable players of this game ever. Like, probably the only person who knows more about individual units and how well they can be used in strategies and in what situations is maybe Spirit of Law. Yeah. Um, but Spirit of Law is not a pro player. Um, no, no. Great, great dude, great channel. Um, shout out to him and definitely recommend you follow him if you want to learn about Age of Empires as a game. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, but he, Doubt is basically second only to him in knowing about how well the units match and how they play. Um, it's no surprise that Doubt and Viper are players that Microsoft ask about balancing not yeah. or rather the game studio that uh that are run age of empires ask about uh balancing yeah exactly. the units um and one of the good things i think about doubt and viper for this community like they're not just really good players they really look after the community as well as the two oh, yeah. big players of this community because they don't think about oh this is only a unbalanced at our level at the top pros like it's not a big deal we don't need to worry about this whereas this is a really big issue at the lower level i think yeah yeah. and blah 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 and they do think like that and they watch a lot of low level games on t90s challenge so i think uh that's the other great thing uh about the well the age of empire scene and about these two guys like that's why i put them on this mount rushmore of yeah. uh, and, age of empires people and i'm pretty sure them and people like hero and stuff will yeah will play with you as well and be like yes yeah in a one verse seven sort of scenario and then be, yes. be like yeah okay this is all the stuff that you should have done this is how i did this and all the rest and like have proper debriefs yes. and and tell everybody like everything and have great streams as well where that's what they're doing as well like full-on tutorials as they're playing yeah so absolutely I think, I think viper viper gets a bit more on the um lols type strategy yes. where he just tries to troll everybody and in yeah, and I think that's good because he's also a streamer. He knows he has to make his content entertaining yeah, yeah. and get people to watch the games. And I think Doubt does that as well. Yeah, yeah. But Life I think Doubt's style is more achievable for a casual player, like yeah. learning to boom, learning to block and get ready. Those are all things that I think uh, like all good players should learn. Like You may never in the world have the levels of micro that Viper can do, yeah. but you can learn all the things Doubt can do. Oh, you know, Doubt definitely, I think, is a good one to learn because, yeah, I say his macro skills are so top. But that's something you can learn. You say, yes. micro skills are hard. That's, that requires all the 
moves per minute mouse thing and just like and, being all over the place and Viper is next level on that. Yeah, that is yeah. Funny. And but when we say you can learn it, I'm not saying you can execute it like him because oh, he's no. still doubt. Like yeah. you're not doubt. I'm not <laughs> unless you're, you're not. listening doubt. In which case, shout out to you. Yeah. But in which case, yay. <laughs> Yeah, doubt. But we're not saying you can execute it, but he uses a lot of knowledge and yeah. like a lot of very sensible tactics. So you can watching him like I think watching doubt helps you become a good player, like helps yeah. you improve as a player and, um, I, in many ways. And I think you can execute it, just perhaps not at yeah. the level. No, not his level. No, not his level. Like, but you can understand what he's doing is understandable. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, I yes. understood where you what you were trying to do with that. I see how we're. How that will work and when you get in that situation you can be like oh yeah i know how doubt did that and try and do it and you'll fail and then you'll fail and you'll yeah. fail again but as you get more used to it and the muscle memory gets there then you'll start doing it some of the time and then you'll yeah. feel like yay i'm a totally a pro player and then you'll enter a tournament and get smashed oh absolutely <laughs> but that's the fun of age of empires i yeah, think yeah. um now if it would be remiss if we were talking about these top favorite players, I think, who I think are in the conversation as we think, uh, apart from those three. Um, Hera, now, if we may extend that tennis player metaphor, if Viper and Mr. Yo are Al and uh, Federer, then you've got Hera is probably uh, Djokovic coming in. Uh, getting into the or maybe Mr. Yo's Djokovic and Hera's uh, Nadal, but you know what we're saying. Like these are the three. Like we live, uh, you know, we're currently in the air, like almost a golden era of men's tennis with like three amazing yeah. players, and it's these three are the three amazing players of Age of Empires. Um, Hera came second in the last uh, Age of uh, last Hidden Cup. Um, incredible uh, match he played against Viper. Um, yeah. In that finals. And he's here is currently the top ranked or top Elo player in Age of yep. Empires. I think he yes. had 2,800, 2,800, whatever it was. Yeah. Um, just recently, first person to get it. Um, yes. Which was big ups to him because he was that he was really gunning for that. And it's really cool that he, he managed Yeah, yeah, it. absolutely. And, and I think he beat he beat Mr. Yo to get it, I'm pretty sure. Which yeah. is ridiculous. Which also makes it amazing because yeah. you're beating like an amazing player, uh and doing uh, so well. Yeah, um, exactly. He's had his victories against Viper 2 in S-level tournaments. So yeah. I if if I'm going to say Mr. Yo and Viper are joint top seeds favorites for me, uh, yeah. I would put Hera very slightly behind. Like if I were a TAB, I might be giving like a dollar, uh, maybe two dollars on uh, Mr. Yo and Viper. I'd be giving maybe two dollars uh, twenty on Hera. Yeah, yeah, and, I, know what, I know what you mean there. Yes, definitely that would be the, the sort of things you're going for there, I think. And on that 220 tier, I've probably also got Leary, just because he's always good in tournaments. Yeah, he is. You're right. He he, he picks it up in tournaments. Though so now we're getting sort of that level where I'm like, yeah, but you've also got NBL. You've got Tato. Yes. Dogal, absolutely. Backs. I mean, you've all got people that. This is the fun of hitting cup. Is that you start going? Oh, oh yes. Yeah, you got this. Oh, they're definitely favorites. Definitely. Oh, I'm also kind of looking favorites. in that Hera and Leary and Doubt have a habit of beating Viper in tournaments. Yeah, yeah. Whereas Tato, MBL, Dagao definitely all can do it. And Mr. Yobis has beaten um, yeah. Viper in tournaments. Uh, 
cannot forget him. Um, uh, MBL, Degao, Tato, no doubt can beat Viper uh, in tournaments and everything. It's just not happened as often. Like, it would yeah. be more of a shock if this wasn't a hidden cup. Because anything can happen in Hidden Cup just because you don't know and you don't can't plan for the other person's strategy and style. Yeah. You, um, if it was a World Cup game or something like that where Dagao uh, beat uh, Viper in a one-on-one over best of se- you know in a best of seven, we'd be shocked. No, that's not, we'd be surprised. We wouldn't be shocked because Dagao's a good player. Um, yeah. But we wouldn't be like, wouldn't be like, yeah, that happens. We'd be like, oh no, that's a surprise for yeah. us that that happened. It, it is an upset, right? Mm, yeah. Say so you're saying it's not necessarily a a complete reversal of what you'd expect, but it's yeah. still still an upset. You you'd expect Viper or Mister Yo to beat Degal or Tato or something like that. Yep. And you say traditionally in tournaments they do. So yep. Hidden Cup has that slight edge of who knows when they're playing and. You know, and also the fun that some of them will play slightly yep. off strats to try and throw people them trying oh, to yeah. guess if it's someone or not, or try to play like someone else. I fully expect like the likes of Viper, Hera, and Mister Yo to do yeah. off strats. And to... Not necessarily off strats, like they'll play strats that they think other people that other people are known for, so that it looks yeah. like it's them. So then people will go, "Oh, I'm oh yeah, this MBL guy. will one hundred percent do that." Oh yeah, MBL does that every time. Like yes. And MBL is like uh, we haven't mentioned him as much, and you're right. MBL is in that tier of players like Leary and Hera, and Hera uh, at the 220 level because he's also somebody who's regularly beaten Viper in tournaments as well. Like I shouldn't say regularly because it's not like Viper loses that often <laughs> in tournaments. He's won all tournaments. So yeah. But like in S tier tournaments, if Viper loses, you expect to see the other person be someone like a Mister Yo or an MBL. Yeah, yeah, or a exactly. Leary or Hera, like yeah, if you yeah. heard that he lost. Yeah, exactly. Uh, those are the that's the sort of level. But like the qualifiers also have really good players. Like the first right off the bat, ACCM and Bact. Yeah. Let's be honest. Like if those two were in the invited list and we didn't, we wouldn't, un, we wouldn't be surprised. Like we, you know, um, obviously ELO is the reason they aren't picked, and I'm that's fine. Like I think that's a valid way to divide up the uh, qualifiers and the invitees. Yeah. And I think eight is about the right number. Like I think T ninety's done the tournament correctly. Um, yeah, but yeah. those two are no level lower than the others in the invited. Exactly. Amongst the invited players, maybe the biggest odds I'd give you on a dollar is maybe a dollar forty, maybe a dollar fifty. With and it would, you know, uh, and ACCM and backed would be on those same odds. Yeah, you say they're they're that good that if they had been in the invite list and one of the two of the others mm. had been out, you'd say the same things like. Yeah. That we said before that the top eight you wouldn't take anyone out, and though yes. it's unfortunate to be the wrong side of that line, as you say, yeah. it, it makes sense that eight were invited and eight qualified. Yes, but they're clearly out of the the qualifiers. I would say CCM and back to clearly the two strongest ones out of that. The rest will do it on their day, but yes, well, even Nikov sort of sort of belongs in the ACC and backed sort of yes. conversation as well. Like he, Oh yeah yeah, absolutely. Nikov as well would I would definitely put him in there. Even then, like but if Nikov had been in the invited one and one of the others were out, that may raise a bit more questions. Yeah, you'd be like, um how come Dagao had to be yeah, had, had to qualify or how did how come Tato had to qualify like Yeah yeah. But if it's ACM or backed, that's there's no conversation there. You're like, oh no, that makes sense. That like, kind of makes sense. It just happened to be the ELO at the time. Yeah, like that was things. Like the others, that's when the question would be like, really? He was high ELO at that time? Wow, that's a surprise. But 
Yeah. Um, but Nikov is, is almost there. The same with Valise, like almost yes. there at that level. And it's not until you get to the others. Not that Biles or Vinchester or Vivi or, or Jordan are, uh, are bad players here or are yes. unlikely to get there, but I put them at that sort of next tier of players. If they get a good run, then they're going to do well. But at the same time, if they're coming up against some of the top ones there and the, they've been unfortunate to be drafted against Mr. Yo or Vipo or Doubt or something like that in the first round, then yeah, yeah. they're probably not going to make it through the first round. Whereas ACCM in backed, they could beat a Viper or a, a Doubt. Very, yeah, yeah. Uh, like, it's not easily, but they're they're capable. Um, but I think ACCM is slightly ahead of Bact. I think yeah, yeah. At the, ACCM is clearly the best Vietnamese player, like, without yeah. a doubt. Yes. <laughs> Because even Bact said that he wants to be the second best Vietnamese player because <laughs> he's given up on catching up to ACCM. Yeah, but ACM is crazy. I think, but I think it's ACCM, like in the top 10 ranked yeah. um, list. I think ACFC, ACCM is like three of them of the top 10. Yeah. And like ACCM's thing is that he does like to do a lot of weird strats. Like yeah, that yeah. is, uh, and he's entertaining for that reason. Um, he's going to take it seriously this time. There's like yeah. decent amounts of money for everyone. Like, biggest Age of Empires tournament ever um, in terms of prize pool. Yeah. And is he doing the same as the World Cup 2v2 where it's a uh, prize for the. World Cup 2v2, he had 20 grand, I think it was 20 grand set by Microsoft, and then it was going to be, then Microsoft was going to put an extra dollar in for every sub that, or every view. I believe there is something like that in the works. Um, There, I'm not, I can't say for certain. Um, Maybe Microsoft won't do exactly that because they probably possibly want the World Cup to be the tournament. Yeah, yeah. But Hidden Cup's always the more fun tournament. Like, I think it gets more viewers, um, yeah. generally. I know that um, T90 is trying to... His aim is to beat last year's viewer numbers, and Hidden Cup 3 was is his highest viewership. Um, yes. And he got, I think it was... Was it 48 or 58? I was there. There okay. was close... I feel like there was close to 58,000 at one he, point. They didn't record be, it. Yeah, yeah, no, he says in the re- preview, like... I think the official number that Twitch gave him is like fifty-seven and a half thousand or whatever it was. So yeah, I'm sure there was fifty-eight there at one point. He's like really sad he had, didn't have a screenshot, but he he really wants to get over fifty-eight thousand uh, viewing. Because I remember like telling everyone I knew who was even halfway in, uh, interested in Age of Empires to be like, look, 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 just go to this channel, just watch Hidden Cup. Like yeah, it's yeah. amazing. Like add to the numbers though, because it's gonna be like epic. I think I may have been when there. I can't happened. remember. We were doing something on a day, unfortunately, but I think I had it streaming somewhere. Yeah, definitely yeah. watched it afterwards. The other play- players in here, Jordan, like is a what would call the sentimentalist's favorite. The guys who've watched the game for a long time, and he was the top player for a long time. Yeah, yeah. So if we're gonna use break this, beat this, uh, and kill this dead horse even further. Um, the Jordan is probably like Andre Agassi, where he's an old great player and he's still making a comeback and trying to compete with the young guns. That'd yeah. be unfair. He's a, basically Jordan is a legend of the game in his own right. Let's not uh, mince words here. He's uh, had has a great record and for a long time was the player with the record with like yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. most prize pool. He was basically uh, ten years ago he was Viper. 
Yes, exactly. But like he had to take a bit of a hiatus from the game, like not do it as seriously. And look, Age of Empires is a higher. There, there was nowhere near the levels of like support with YouTube and Twitch that you have now back in Jordan's day. Exactly. Um, I think if he could have done Age of Empires, like Doubt basically had to work and still did it. Yeah. And Doubt is exceptional. Like, uh, like never, nobody else compares to him in Age of Empires uh, for this reason. Yeah, exactly. But uh, he's another player who plays in Gamer Legion along with Doubt and uh, Tato. Uh, with uh, the Viper. Um, uh, Viper moved to Germany to hang out with Jordan, um, so they're besties. And yeah, he's uh, another great player. Um, I would be shocked if uh, Jordan won. Um, I think Jordan and Vivi are the two players I would genuinely be shocked if they won. But I will not be surprised because it'll be obvious that it was Vivi by the time we got to that stage <laughs> if Vivi won. Definitely. <laughs> I think Vivi is the fan favorite. Would that be right? Like, if everybody would be having a good time if Vivi was winning, like, got to the finals and had a long run. The Fat Dragon. The Fat Dragon, yeah. If he wins, yeah, it is going to be party scene. Oh, yes. Yeah, it just, there'll be crazy stuff going on. And it would be funny because he might face someone like Mr. Yo in the finals. And if, when they're doing the post match interviews, uh, Mr. Yo will have to translate for him. (laughs) And Vivi's famously a man of like few words yeah. in either Chinese or, or like because there's a lot of the Chinese and Vietnamese players who are men of few words when they're talking to people who don't speak their native language, which is fair enough. Um, but like all the other, according to uh, T90, all the other players are from the Chinese community. You're like, no, no, Miss Vivi doesn't talk to like <laughs> us either. Like he's Vivi. Exactly. I mean, the Fat Dragon uh, had like an epic road to le- get here because he wasn't on form and he was going down below in the e- ELO, yeah, um, yeah. but he did qualify. And I think like the tournament's better for having him qualify. And same with Barles and Winchester. Uh, like Winchester, um, haven't watched a lot of his games, I have to admit, um, but he- I know he's been doing well in a lot of the qualifying games. Um and he did play a lot of A tier tournaments where he, well, he uh, he's done well, um, and he's got a very impressive ELO. Same with Winchester; they've both they're like these are the new players coming up in the scene who are yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, out to take the crown of the uh, of the old guys. These are the young uh, young guns, and so uh, like there was a time when Viper was one of these guys. He couldn't beat uh, Jordan. He couldn't beat Doubt, yeah, and yeah. like. And then he basically just took over the game. Yeah. And um, so I would, I would once again, I'd be shocked if one of these two players ended up winning. I'd be amazing if they did, because it would be like, uh, especially like Barles, who doesn't even have like a clan um, he's a part of. Um, the And Winchester's the only representative of his clan, Sal's, uh, which is... Uh, uh, which was so it would it would almost be unheard of, I would think, would, wouldn't you say? If uh, a new player like them, when she like like we wouldn't be surprised if ACCM won or backed one, and even Jordan, 
while yeah. it would be shocking, we'd be like, oh, yeah, but Jordan's a good player. He's yeah. a legend, right? Like, yeah, just he's, means... just br- he's just brought back some of that old greatness to his game. Exactly. And, and even Vivi, uh, and even Vivi were like, we know he can be hard to, like, it would be fun. Like, we it, we could see how he'd win. It would be like this re- series of unlikely events, but he'd yeah. do it, like, the way he could, but it's possible. Like, Barrels, oh, yeah. Vinchester are players where, um, it would it's difficult, uh, but uh, I think if they can win uh, one or two uh, with the hidden cup, they can win one or two games. And once you're on a roll, it's a knockout tournament. You exactly. catch your opponent on a bad day, um, and I genuinely believe this. Even um, even the Viper and Mister Yo, who I rate at the top, if they like, uh, if their performance goes down by even five percent, and one of these other players up. Uh, one of these other players in the qualified ranks, like your Vivis, your Jordans, Winchester, Barl, they up their game by even two or three percent. They can be competitive with those. Oh guys. yeah, definitely. Like it's it is one of those things that there is not that much there. Yeah, they say. And with hitting cup, there isn't preparation. Say so. It is fully possible, especially in the first round, that you know something that Finchester or Barles or Vivi or someone could be facing Viper and throw him off his game because he... Yes. That they do something different and it just throws him. And maybe they get their four wins on the tross and just have completely thrown him and he just doesn't have time to react and doesn't have time to get back into the game. Um, it is possible and it may happen. The thing, though, is, of course, because it's a seven-game set and it's, you know, they're, I think they're Arabia first and then they pick their home maps and it goes yeah. to lose Arabia is the classic yeah. and one on one um like Arabia is the classic it has as it has been since time immemorial yeah yeah and it was uh, a classic when we started still basically big bang happened and then somebody just uh, asked somebody else if they wanted to play on Arabia and that's <laughs> basically age of empires exactly. that unfair to say not unfair to say that's exactly what happened um but yeah the, but but that is that process does mean that people it is hard to to push through on that role as a as a lesser player for lack of a better word um yep. because after you you may win Arabia with a something that knocks someone out off their strat, but then they're gonna fall back onto one of their their maps that they've chosen and they're prepared for at the very least of I know the strat I need for this and Pull back into a, a, a comfortable space, and you're gonna have to pull out something great there. Um, yep. I mean, yeah, it's possible that if you do do that, that if you win that second game, that things may get a bit crazy, and you know, they could push through and, and win through the set. But um, just that going to the ho- to the losers' home map obviously just makes it harder to really roll the roll each other. Yeah. Yeah, and the uh, the because the the guys have only known about these maps like far, far a week ago, I want to say, and yeah. they will have had maybe uh, ten days to practice on the ma- on the new maps. Now, the yeah. other reason that we've got the other randomization uh, when it comes to Hidden Cup is we have maps that these guys will have never played tournaments on before. Exactly. Um, and they didn't get revealed. And some of these maps are have been played um, by them before, and some have not. 
Um, let's look at a quick review of the map. So before we had the qualifying round end, the the map they had about seven maps on offer. All classic Age of Empires map, Arabia, obviously, which is always the home map, and it's always decided to see who gets to pick the next map. Um, then we got Slopes, which is a defensive map, uh, similar in many ways to, uh, like, a, is it fair to say it's a bit like an arena type map, which you can defend easily, but it's a bit more open? Yeah, it is an open arena. You say, because you've got the hills, you're, def- yes. you're always defending with elevation. So. Yes. That's always going to give um, advantages to the defender because they're going to be able to set their their defensive lines uphill and you're always having to push up to them, which just, if it's anything resembling equal um, units or even unequal units at this level, the player's micro is going to ensure that yeah. the defenders win. Whoever's got the hill advantage is going to win in, that, in any of yeah. these engagements. So having yep, to push up yep. hill is just going to be be tough. Absolutely. And the uh, Arabia, we all know the standard. I'm yeah. like, I'm not going to explain Arabia. I'm sh- uh, at this point, <laughs> you need to have a bit of Age of Empires knowledge. Um, Bay is a map which has a lot of open space, but also has water with a lot of resources. And there's a lot of strategic decisions in this map, because do you go for the water fishing to give you a food boom and go for a quick castle? This map is also defensible because of the water, but also you know open because of the water. It's uh, weird in that way. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it can go into the late game. Um, so... I expect a lot of players, like similar, like your doubts and stuff, would like that as a home map. Yeah, because um, there is a lot of defensibility and like booming nicely it does help. And like I think booming, especially with fish, is a very good strategy um, economically. Um, second, we've got cross, very similar to bay. In fact, you've got like a hidden water resource, and yeah. keep, being able to fish on those waters early and maybe protect yourself will basically be all the difference in those two maps. Um, these are your defensive. Those are those two are I would say uh, are basically your defensive ma- maps uh, with water. Yeah, and with the cross, I think the important thing was the two ne- neutral waters. Um, on yes. the side and it's controlling those so you'll always have yes. your water you get those fish and then it's about getting which those... of those other two yeah. uh you can get yeah. and obviously if your opponent can get three waters you're generally like on a hiding to nothing at that yeah point. Oh, the food they're going to get is is ridiculous but if you can get the three yeah. waters then obviously your food production is going to be sky high so yeah Absolutely. Yeah. And also sometimes it, they may have the economic advantage, but you may have the tempo in the military. This is what oh, yeah. makes Age of Empires fun. And it's open enough that that can be the difference. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, the, the next one is the classic map, uh, Gold Rush. Maybe the second game people decided to try, second map people decided to try after the Big Bang was Gold Rush. Would that be fair to say? Um, yeah. So I... it's always in every tournament. It's the yeah, map. Yeah. Like it has so much strategic fun. Like it's one of the most fun maps to play if you're playing a team game. Um, uh, and it's obviously very open, um, but, but even more and more strategically demanding than Arabia, yeah. I believe. Yeah. Well, all the resources being in the middle. Um, yes. That's say it's a very good tournament one because there is no hiding. You have to push forward, and yes. whoever controls the center wins the game. It is. So I think you. 
players like your Vivis, um, your MBLs, they like gold. They like Gold Rush. I think they will try to uh, uh, use that as their home map. Um, mm -hmm. I could see even Viper using it. Yes. Um, the next map, I think, is one of the best maps in the game um, to watch players play on anyway, um, from a spectator perspective. I hope that a lot of players pick Hideout as their um, home map because I think it's basically a more... It's like an arena with feudal age attacks instead of castle age attacks. Yeah, yeah. If exactly. that makes sense. Yeah. You can't you can't hide back there as long because yes. those, you'd be protected in dark age. But you say once you get into feudal, it's going to start becoming less and less defensible, and you're going to have to start aggressiveness early. Unlike you say arena where it's got stone walls, so you can hide in there potentially all the way through to imperial before you really have to push out. Um, yeah. But, and there's a lot of wood, which is like gonna make a difference in this map. And there are yeah. resources out and about for you to get. Um, so it encourages raiding. It encourages, uh, I think, a re. Uh, I think one of the more fun maps to watch. Um, yeah. The other map which I like uh, is obviously Islands. I enjoy the water play, and there's a lot of players in this tournament who are probably specialists on water. Very, very good. Um, they, uh, that's the map you pick when you're behind. You yeah. are one. If you're two games behind and you need to get the third, you are gonna. You gotta pick islands. You gotta try and mess it up and try to use that as your comeback map. Yeah, I exactly. Think. Yes, I do agree. You're right, especially if you're a water player. Um, yes, that is your your go-to map for when you're in trouble. Because if you're a water player, you're going to. You're going to feel comfortable there. You know what to do. It's You're going to be fine. Um, if you're not a water player, you're probably going to be looking at gold rush or slopes as that the yeah. similar sort of thing where you're like, this is, depending on how aggressive you are as a non-water player, you'd go for one of yeah. those two. Um, but yeah, it's I would imagine islands will get plenty of play. Oh, yes. I think islands is one of those strategic maps you just need to have up your sleeve. Yeah. Um, now, um, on top of these maps, to, for the tournament, they have introduced a bunch of new maps for people to play, uh, just so that the, it keeps things from getting stale. Um, I think uh, a really, really good idea. Uh, it just means that good players will use these maps they have been practicing. Um, I fully expect players like Mr. Yo and Viper to pick these maps as their home maps. Um, because I feel they're going to be confident. Not that I think they'll lose. Viper never got to pick a home map, I believe, in his <laughs> uh, Hidden Cup last year, because he didn't lose a single game. No. And I don't think Hera got to do it till the end, when she, uh, he lost to Viper. Yeah. Um, so, definitely, uh, these are the maps to look at. And I think the if you're one of those players who, are, who had to qualify to get here, I Practicing hard on these maps and using them to surprise. This is the great equalizer. You, uh, this is a, a map to use. I think if you lose that first Arabia, just to try and recover some points. Yeah. Um, because you still have like a good map, good home map up your sleeve. After like you can go use an islands, you can use a um, hideout if that's your specialty or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I think. First of all, like we look at these maps, there's uh, there is Cup, which is the first one. Uh, it's an interesting map with a lot of marshlands, which are basically uh, 
terrain where you can have both water units and land units move on yeah. and you can build on it. There's bits of water with fish, lots of fish, excuse me, on this map. Yeah. And I believe players start off very close to fish, so they don't get berries, but they get fish instead. And they're very close to each other as well. Yes. Like just a, across the skinny bit of the water, of the yeah. gap. And those two bits of water are not connected, so it, it becomes a strategic decision where you want to go, which, one, which side you want to go for, whether you want to leave that bridge open or block it up. Yeah. Um, I think this is a, this is a um, surprisingly open map uh, yes. cup. And I think if you're a good water player, this is another one to have up your sleeve if you manage to, you know, level things up with a, uh, you know, with a, with an islands map, and then you try and go for something like this. Yeah. Uh, uh, it's going to be interesting. I hope a lot of players pick this map because, uh, once it, again, I like to see a good mixture of water and land units, and I think this is the map that you will see that. As I remember last year in the Cup um, 3, there was plenty of Cup played. Um, yeah. And had some good strats where, you know, Vikings or Japanese, where you can have a good mix of um, a good hybrid between water yes. and land. So I think I saw a couple of games where Viking, Vikings were chosen on Cup and yes. they dominated. I imagine Vikings would be a very good save on, on maybe Malay as well. Yeah, yeah. Because you get to build harbors. Obviously, that's more of a late game, but I think that's a potentially a map you can get into late games. Yeah. I think the other one that was a lot was Japanese. Uh, because yep. they have hardier, like higher hit points on their fishing ships, so they could get ah. more fishing out whilst being pressured because they could just fish and fish and fish, and the fishing boats will last longer. So they got more fish that way, and then just yep, yep. Um, land units to protect them. Yeah, definitely could be uh, definitely very good map. I think for a lot of that, and I think Cup is a popular enough map in the meta anyway that a lot of players are good at it already. Like, there's not yeah. going to be need to be that much practice on Cup, um, as opposed to I think our next map, which is uh, I believe it is called uh, High Tides. Um, nice. So you basically start off in a landmass which has like water in the front with some mangroves. Uh, which lead out to like water resources, and there's like similar situation down on the the south of the map with a lot of your gold resources, and I think maybe stone too, and it's got like your swamps there, um, and water is definitely going to be a crucial element on this map, but it's uh, it's not the element. There's gonna be, the land is where you win on this map, I think. Um, but using, I think, uh, having a good combo strategy with your water and land is key, especially in the early game. Yes, yes, I see what you mean. Um, but definitely, as you say, it's going to be a land, land wins, but that water, you're going to have to control water as well. If you're oh, not yeah. controlling water, then you're basically going to run out of resources before the other person, so... If you yeah, and you water. can go for the second water instead of the nor the northern water if you yeah. lose out on that's one of the things. Um, hopefully, the way the gen random generation works is like sometimes it'll be the open ocean will be on the south and the swampy bits will be on the north, etc., yeah, yeah. etc. Um, because obviously we want to see a bit like that kind of variety in the game. Um, and the map also has like it's got a lot of hilly terrain, so. Mm. There's bits here and there to uh, to block around in, but it's still pretty open. The middle bit is like 
uh, it's going to be hard to like house wall and things like this, I believe. Yeah, yeah. No, it definitely looks like it's going to be hard to wall off. It's going to be one of those you're just going to have to play open and just just go for it. And, and yes, try and get as much of the resources as you can. Get your army up as quickly as you can, and just and just push. Yeah. Um. And the next map I've got on here is called Quarry. Um, now, basically, this map has a big hole in the middle uh, where you can use your uh, terrain advantage um, uh, to stop people from getting at you. And there is a... Um, I, but I believe there's not much building space down there, so it's basically there for you to have fights in. And the, it basically looks like a Pokeball from... Yeah, yeah. Are up. Um, it's got the line. They've got a thin wood line on the side, which you can chop through to to get to the other side. But I imagine this is a map. I've, it's got doubt written all over it, doesn't it? Like doubt, <laughs> yeah. Degal. Those are the maps these guys, those guys love. Yeah, yeah. I think I think you're right. And yeah. like they're gonna. Um, I think there's a lot of interesting strategies you could use. This this map is basically begging for you to use a sneaky villager strat. I think. <laughs> Yes, I, uh, I agree. And the back. yeah, yeah, and like I, I could, I could almost see it happen that you have both players do sneaky villagers on this map, and yeah. it's gonna be, uh, it's gonna be lots of fun. I would hope that they use this map a lot uh, uh, for people. But like I said, I think your specialist uh, boomers, like your doubts, your degals, um. Even MBLs will probably like that map. Um, the uh, the next map we've got coming uh, up is uh, called uh, uh, Mud Flows, which looks like a duck. Um, not gonna <laughs> lie, uh, with two sides. So basically, this is a map where both village, uh, both players start off on mangrove with their town center. There's like yeah, yeah. fish. I don't think they have any berries. Once again, on this map, um, oh, but there's maybe. lots of food. I believe they've got elephants. I think they get f two fish at the beginning. Um, so yeah. food booming into Castle Age is a very good strategy. Um, there's a huge mangrove swamp in the middle, which I think is going to have heaps of food, and you can do wallops. Um, there's going to be demo ships galore. This is the map which I can see Water Supremacy is winning it for you. This is yeah. the map where you want to have your navy running well, properly. Um, once again, I think a really good map for a player like Doubt, um, your boomers, um, who are not necessarily going to look for an early rush. Yeah, yeah. And I think a map that's going to um, be lots of fun to play. Um, uh, hopefully we get to see it early. Uh, I've, I've not seen many games on this map, but uh, it looks tasty. Um, so it should, uh, it should be fun. Yeah, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm with you. I hope that we get a few games. Like say it looks looks interesting, and it looks like it could be um, fairly varied on its results, so that people could do different. Yeah, things yeah. I think you could use a lot of different strats on that. I think yeah. a feudal age, even a dark age attack, would work on that map. That's a yeah. map with I think dark age rushing would actually be quite successful. So maybe a gots spam. Oh yeah, maybe we could see coming. Um, maybe. Maybe. Now, the final map on the game is called Slopes. It's 
another arena style map. There's a there's a bit in the center where you can have fights. There's I think just enough room. It's put there that you can't build anything on there. So yeah. That middle bit, and it's surrounded by trees. And then you're going around to the other side to try and get the other players. Um, this is a very very interesting map because I think defending the middle is going to be key, and I think it's going to be very easy to defend the middle. Um, after which you're probably you obviously have the whole um deciding how you want to do your aggression outside. Um. This map, I think it's got the tower sibs written all over it. You're like back in the day, this would be a map Koreans would uh, basically pwn everyone, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see what you mean. Um, Incans, I think, would be very good on this map. Um, and sibs that have uh, good, ra- good, this is a map that reads good range to me, like Mayans, Britons. Uh, yeah. Personally, um, I think uh, because it's not quite fully arena, it's not going to be a castle age. End game. Um, and while I love Arena as a map, I'm glad it's not on here because I think a lot of the Arena strats are quite stale, especially at the top level. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like I think players at you and I's level, our strats are still like fresh in Arena. <laughs> we come up with new stuff, and it works sometimes because yeah, yeah. you know stuff still works. Whereas like at that top level, Arena, a lot of and it's, I think, very hard to get the map balance right in Arena. Like, you'll have one guy have, like, one stone pile outside, and that's going to ruin their chances of winning. Like, yeah, yeah. And that, that, we don't want stuff like that. We want the maps to be balanced, I think. Yeah. Um, that, is, that is the thing at this level. Like, all it requires is, you know, say, the goal, one of the gold piles to be ever so slightly further out, or with line to be slightly wrong, or stone to be slightly yes. out, that they just, like, yeah, no, that's... We're ruined now. Let's say at our level, that doesn't matter. Like, yeah. You kind of get eating in the screws out or you'd be fine one way or the other. But this level, that's why they yeah, they need maps that will come out fairly balanced between the two, but at the same time encourage um, aggression, but also give defensive benefits and all the rest. I think you're right. The maps that they've got all provide that. You can either... Yeah. You're Apparently have... the other name for slopes is bypass. I, But yeah uh but yes so that's the yeah the maps are good i i like it i think there's a good mixture of water and land maps yeah um i think um other than um like your uh, and i think a lot of the land maps other than arabia and gold rush which are open open the others uh the other land only maps are a bit more defensive yeah so you've got a lot of strategy in that way as well and like the water maps are because islands can be a very aggressive map. You can do Dark Age rushing, you know, sneaking a villager in and rushing people on islands. The, that's a viable strat in a 2v2 map where, you, you know, there's less room to travel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think I it's mean, quite... it would be a ballsy move. Don't get me yeah. wrong. I hope somebody tries it. <laughs> but uh, it's, it's, you could do it, yeah, is yeah. what I'm saying. I'm liking actually talking about that, though it's more of a feudal, I think it was feudal, maybe castle. There's good memes going on in the T90 chats. Because he had a, um, a video a while back where he was, he was playing, he was casting one of his games, he was playing islands against yeah. someone, and he thought he'd scouted the person's island, and then had to be, his um, ship, his galley had to be chased off. And so, but he landed yeah. 
um, some villages and started his sneaky strat, backward strat, yep. and he built three ranges, and it turned out to be a neutral island, not the opponent's isle. But you look at the map, like the map that he yeah. can see, and you're like, yeah, that looks like it would be the, it's in the right position to be the opponent's Island. Yeah, yeah, and that can happen in yeah. uh, islands. Um, scouting is key. Scouting is life. Like I don't mind that in an islands game because there's you're not guaranteed to only have two big islands. There can be a you can have deceptively sized islands. Um, yeah, yeah. In the islands game, uh, and that and there is usually a stretch of open water between the two islands where the ships have to fight. Yeah, so you have to have water control there, but yeah. Yeah, but you can I think... do that sneaky around because it's quite open and scouting is key. But it takes a while to get your scout, you get your uh, mm. a water scout going. Yeah, so you can get sneaks in quite easily. Unlike yes, Arabia, absolutely. Where people are reasonably very good at getting their scouting done, making scouts do the right things, getting the walls up, doing all the stuff. Like on islands, there's no walling because you know where do you walk? Yeah, pretty much. You wall once uh... you know. The, the opposition's come across and has landed. Then you start walling around where they landed. Pretty much, uh, it's it's uh, it's an interesting map to me. Like it's always been my one of my favorite maps to play in Age of Empires. Maybe um, age from Age One to probably even Age of Myth. I've really liked playing um, on the islands map mm-hmm. um, because I, I enjoy the water battles. And I think uh, there was a time, and I think before they did a lot of the balance patches, which were needed um, to make water the water game more interesting the you had like these massive armada of battles like you had like 20 30 ships with like you know a mixture of fire ships demo ships um galleys and like a few cannon galleons here and there yeah yeah, yeah. um along with any unique tech ships and like you know we've we've played games where we've had like literal you know f- if we had like uh 4v4 games where we there was like close to like each person having a hundred ships each in the water. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> With happened. naval battles. Yeah. Massive, uh, like I don't battles. expect this to happen. I if if a game has gotten to the point where players have got a hundred ships, there <laughs> something's gone wrong um yeah. in this tournament. Yeah. Um, and it's I think that sort of meta doesn't happen anymore. Like they have just enough ships mm. to try and allow themselves to get their landings, basically. Yeah. That's all yeah. The sh- um all the ships are there for is to facilitate getting um, villages and troops across to actually land. And, yeah. So there will be decent fights because the easiest way to do that is to deny the other person water. If you've got full control of water, then you can transport your, your forces across easily. But yep. as the um, 2v2 World Cup showed, having control of water doesn't mean that you you win the map, the team island no. map in that case. No. Like, you can get units across, you can get things going and cause lots of problems just by having like, a couple of villagers running around on your opponent's I isles. think it's one of the classic maneuvers, like, Doubt is very good at games where he ends up losing water, but because he's such a good boomer that he then beats you on land in his land. Yeah, and then gets uh gets you off uh and like he's and in the meantime he snuck in and done something on your island and because he's such a good boomer like he's just set up an attack that's unstoppable on your island and he's you've got navy and he's got two armies yeah and Um, and your navy's pointless because it doesn't yes it doesn't matter anymore um that's all that happens very often um 
and that's I think that's a classic strat. Um, that's uh, the games where. Uh, so, what strategies do you want to see? What's your favorites? Like, um, what are you hoping to see? Um, I know I, I I'm always the bit of an archer boy, really fanboy. So I always like the archer rushes. Okay. As, as I don't think so. you need to want to see that because I will it's be shocked happen. if nobody uses archers in the Hidden Cup tournament. Oh no, it, it's it's definitely going to happen. Um, I'll just point out that archers are like the core strat of every player. Uh, but like in terms well, of, it's, it's it's either that or scouts, right? But yeah, what I mean is that that's where I come from is the long distance range range. You thing. want to see somebody build a death ball? Yeah, yeah. Okay, I always fair say. enough. Whether that's a mine death ball, a Britain's death ball, a uh, uh-huh. cavalry archer death ball running around, or you know, yep. whatever, um, that's always um, fun. I always find that it's just you know you got your little thing and just. I I want to see two things, but they can be combined into one thing. I want to see a villager rush. Yeah. Because that would be cool. Uh, it's a crowd pleaser, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. A, a villager rush is just a crowd pleaser, and like nobody's unhappy to see one in a in a tournament game. Um, in any RTS, by the way, not just Age of Empires. Everybody loves to see SCV rushes in <laughs> StarCraft, um, etc., etc. Um, the uh, peon rushes from back in the day in Warcraft. Oh, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I want to see some sort of villager rush. I think that would be very cool. Um, it's and I don't mind if said villager rush is combined into a tower rush. Yeah. Because yeah. uh, I, I hope there's not too many tower rushes. It would be cool to see a clever tower rush, if that makes yeah. sense. I think something like that, like it's, you don't see those sort of things very much in the top level play anymore. Mm. So I sort of feel that either that may happen early on in the set as a, yeah. as a, a bit of a lol, a bit of a troll, but also to try and throw the opposition out. Yes. Because you do something weird and everybody goes, oh my god, what the hell is happening? But it also uh, can come out late in a set where someone's like, I just need to do something, anything to turn this around. And so you have a, may even get a, a, a Persian douche or something like that. Something oh, weird yes. happening. Especially if it's very... The- like um, I would have also said something like I hope there's Dark Age attacks, but there will be. There's enough oh, yeah. open maps that there will be people using Dark Age attacks. I'm not gonna hope for that because that's got... coming. Um, and you've got NBL I would and be. And I think like it that, would be so. cool to see somebody use a unique unit that's not often used. Like I don't know what. Like if somebody did something cool with maybe uh, Mamelukes or Janissary. Uh, heck, picking Turks at all. That would be crazy. Um, yeah, or, I don't know if we'll see that loss. But I, the other one, or the, even uh, Teutonic Knights. Somebody yeah. did like a Teutonic Knight uh, spam right. and yeah. won the game. That would be crazy for that me. Would be like, crazy. Whilst it's not actually that underpowered or that crazy, mm-hmm. with the current meta, it'd actually be a Mayan plumed archer rush or plumed archer yeah. has been used because these days they're not used because people get obsidian error and it doesn't work on plumed archers. So you just spam out um, Arbalists. Your Arbalists, yeah. correct. And with Absurdian Arrow, they just melt everything. Um, yes. But it just plumed, plumed Archers are still super good. Still a units. very good unit, I think. So it'd be um, interesting to see if anybody pulls them out as a slight change to that meta for some reason. Yes. I mean, I expect somebody's going to use Elephant, so that's why I didn't hope for it, because... Yeah. 
obviously somebody will at some point use elephants. We're not in the old days where there's only one elephant civ in the whole game. There is a decent amount of elephant civilizations. Do you think that the Persians and the Indians should be allowed to have the ability of the Southeast Asian civs of making the elephants in the stables, like the generic elephants, not the unique unit elephants, because that would be OP. Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, that's an interesting balance. So I'm Because I would rather they did that for Persians than give them their current crossbow. Yeah, yeah. Thing make... because Persians are already good, and the crossbow thing makes them incredibly good. Yes. So yeah, I I think it it sort of makes more sense. It's just a question around whether whether it balances right, but it sort of feels mm-hmm. like if you're taking away some of those things, then it sort of feels like it could be balanced out a bit better. To say Persians are are pretty strong. Indians are very strong as well on the right hands. Indians are so. al- already very strong. Like I wouldn't mind if. You gave instead of their hand cannoneer ability, which uh, their or their sultan's ability, which I think is a bit pants, like just generate more gold income. Um, they should get maybe if they got the ability to recruit their elephant archer from the archery range, like a horse archer. Yeah, yeah. Because that's not that's an underutilized uh, unique unit, I think, which I think is a bit underrated. Yeah. That- that's fair. If it's underused, then sticking it, being able to build it out of the stable sort of makes a bit of sense. Because then it's I mean, it doesn't necessarily will do it because Huns can bake Tarkins out of stables now and yeah. nobody does it. So, yeah, it's also. one of those things. Tarkins uh, are a very specific use um, unit. This is probably more the issue. Yeah, I think, like, I think maybe Tark. I think Huns are not that good right now, so I don't mind if they made Tarkins have a bit of a boost, maybe give them a bit more pierce armor, like make them into Huskarls. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Um, they don't have the bonus attack against archers, and they don't have the bonus... They just have bonus attack versus uh, buildings, but, you know, they uh, they have, like, insane, you know, incredible amounts of armor. Yeah, like both yeah. maybe pierce and hack armor, so they're a bit better at resisting pikemen as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It would make some sense. But yeah, the there's there's a lot of balances we could do, but I, I, on the whole, I'm not unhappy with it. Do you think we're going to see a lot of our new serbs, the Sicilians and the uh, Burgundians? Oh, yeah. are we going to see somebody utilize the Burgundian unique tech? <laughs> As a as a finisher, quite quite possibly if they need it. Um, yes, I think we'll probably see both those ones being used, and it'll be interesting to see them being used in the tournament phase. I think it'll be the first time they get get used. Yes. Um, yes. At least at a at a top tier tournament at the very least, um, which will make it a bit more interesting because people won't be as used to them um, in terms of tournament play. But I'm sure all the top players have played with them and started to understand how to use them but at the same time that's a bit different than facing them in tournament play and starting suddenly seeing their how their yeah. abilities merge and mesh and make things change and yeah you say having the burgundians finisher basically but it is yes. interesting that uh, with these new civilizations they're basically all one-time power-ups is their unique text but it'll be interesting how it all works out as opposed to mm. the more standard 
ongoing buff type tech, unique tech. Yeah, I think it's an interest. Uh, it's an interesting balance. Um, there are the. I think there's uh, way too many sibs in Age of Empires two to do this. But do you think something like that as a god power type ability uh, would be good in Age of uh, Kings? Or maybe Age of Empires four when they release it because it is going to be set in the same era as Age of two, Age of Empires two. Yeah, yeah. It may be an interesting way of going. Um, I mean, personally, I just prefer that they just gave Age of Mythology the DE treatment and did it that way. But hey, some of us like that one. Um, so, I, I I love Age of Mythology. Don't yeah. get me wrong, oh, but no, I think Age of Empires Four should could implement good things from Age of Mythology and yeah. obviously onto Age of Empires Two. Yeah, and yeah. I just wondered what you thought of that as a as a thing because uh, I don't think Age of Empires Four is gonna have the five way rock paper scissors lizard Spock that no. uh, Age of Mythology has. No, no, no. So I mean, it could be an interesting way of of. Um... Yeah, spicing things up, especially as you get late game or as a game turner to try and time it right to have some sort of god power or special ability that changes things up for a short period of time or as a yep. one-off sort of boost that changes things. So it would, it definitely would provide a um, a change to the strategy and change to the meta. Yeah, I mean, not... obviously you couldn't call it god powers because no, no. that would be a bit weird. But you know, the uh, one-off abilities yeah, uh, yeah. like that, some sort of power-up type thing, whatever they call oh. it. But... One thing I forgot to mention that I really hope somebody does, um, which I I would be shocked if this happens, because look, villager rush is possible. Um, unique unit, uh, using a unique unit in a in a creative way is definitely going to be possible, and we might we will definitely see something like that. I think. But uh, what? Would, how cool would it be if somebody actually did a, a monk rush? <laughs> that would be pretty cool. Though I have seen. Viper in one of his trollish videos did exactly that. But, um, yeah, but in a tournament. In Obviously, a tournament. he does that in <laughs> online yeah, games. Obviously, but yeah, it would just be be crazy to see someone pull out a monk rush. It would just be crazy as, as everything. Um, and it, it does seem to me to be too crazy to pull off. Um, maybe someone might do it if they're really just, just starting to do it for the dolls because they're like, oh, nothing's working, I can't getting the thing it's the last game i'd something and yeah maybe they try that way things aren't going well but they've got a they can pump out you know a ton of monks and think well let's try it this way and yeah, it would be yeah. it is extremely funny seeing a monk rush because it's yes. just the best in the world but yeah 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 i don't know you say i don't think we'll get it but if we do it will go off. It will be the best thing ever. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I could see how you could do something cool like that. Um, age, age of like, um, like with an uh, age, uh, the with the monks, especially with if you with the Spanish. There's a few good monk sibs that can do, and we have small maps, island maps. I think are where monks can be quite good, yeah. quite um effective um gold rush could be another map we might see it in 
yeah, but once yeah. again, it'll be a, a crowd pleaser if it happens. Like a yeah. villager rush or a monk rush are going to be crowd pleasers. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if it's a, a monk rush, that's, yeah. The crowd will go wild. I mean, it goes bad enough when there's just one or two conversions with a couple of monks. If you've got a full-on monk rush going in and converting everything they can see, then... Uh, who is are... the most likely player to do a monk rush other than Viper? Other than if Viper. we see one. Um, oh. MBL... No, I don't know. Maybe MBL. Um, I think it'd be La- more likely. Leary. Leary, Leary could do it. Uh, I'll Mister Yo, the... maybe even. Maybe if he was really. Think, but I think I feel like with the specialized top players in the tournament, they, whilst they love those sort of trollish, Yolo type, um, strats in a oh. in a friendly type environment, but it's. When it's tournament, serious face comes on and they don't go that way. But I sort of feel maybe Enikov, Villani, Spal, Winchester, Vivi. 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 <laughs> like they might do it for the lols because they're like, especially if it's they're just crashing and burning out the lights and it's like, well, why the hell not? Let's just do something fun and exciting for the memes. So. Yeah. I These, if you're in New Zealand, these games are. At a pretty uh, difficult time, you're going to have to set your alarm clock up. It's going to start on March the 19th, uh, which is uh, Friday at 3 in the morning. Um, I have that day off. Uh, I may or may not have specifically taken time off for the Hidden Cup. And we'll be watching. uh, I will definitely 100% be watching these games. Um, There is a... um, and the finals are going to be on Monday, uh, the at nine o'clock New Zealand time. Much more accessible, yeah, yeah. I think may or may not be um, <clears throat> working while watching that game. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, I think yeah. Through most, I'll probably watch the finals, watch work, whatever we're calling it. Um, the others it will be a a catch up either on Twitch or YouTube, as yeah, as a, able. I think. And just try and keep on top of it, but semis and finals do my best to try and watch those. Yeah, I think the three o'clock ones. I'm. It's gonna be a bit of a hit and miss, mm, yeah, but yeah. I'm gonna try at least for the seven and six o'clock and nine o'clock ones to watch the games live. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll see how it goes. Now, the final thing we have to talk about before we finish our podcast is there's gonna be a tournament of heroes. Obviously, each player is gonna get to use the hero unit. And fight one on one, and then until they finally win in the finals. All right, so who's going to face Cobra Car in the finals? <laughs> or lose to Cobra Car in the finals? Because we all know Cobra Car is going to win. <laughs> I liked um, it. It was interesting seeing the, the draft team when they were picking the things because Cobra Car probably has one weakness, and T90 was really wondering whether. He was going to face up against like the one unit that could probably beat it, which is Pope Leo the First, so the monk, because that could get yes. a conversion going, and that that would be it. So, if Cobra Car and it got converted, so that's how it lost. Um, but the likelihood of they're now on opposite sides of the bracket, so the likelihood of of Pope Leo going all the way through the final to meet Cobra Car. If seems Pope Leo makes the finals, that'll be the most epic thing ever. Yeah. Um. Because, yeah, otherwise it's, yeah, I guess Cobra Car is just winning everything because it's Cobra yeah. Car. 
it's Cobra Car. Um, let's <laughs> let's uh, let's not put too fine a point in it. It would be some poetic justice if po- Cobra Car turned out to be the Viper. <laughs> ha ha ha! But I doubt it. Yeah, I don't think so either. But you never know. I mean, it is completely random. Who got what? What cover? And then it's a and then the um, bracket selections was all random anyway. So, um, who knows who is who and who faces who? It's the fun of hitting yeah. cup right? Is the watch the games and then try and guess which ones Viper, which ones Doubt, and which ones MPL. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's the only names uh, that really come out. I, well, Vivi would probably come out a bit if there's some really. I would. I could. I could see the person who got Cobra Car intentionally losing the first game, <laughs> just to make it something of the tournament. Um, just because you know, it's like gonna win otherwise. <laughs> almost no, no doubt. Yeah. Yeah. That could be interesting, yeah, if the person's got it. Just like... right, these are the stats of the Cobra cards. Type is a siege unit. It has 500 hit points, 10 melee attack, <laughs> 10 versus building, plus 10 versus buildings, blast radius of 1, rate of fire, which is the fastest in the game, Yeah. range of 10, <laughs> um, and ac- uh, accuracy of 100%, and yeah. a projectile speed of 5.5. So it fires faster than any other um, yeah, yeah. unit in the game. Melee armor of 10, pierce armor of 10, basically Huskarl and Teutonic Knight combined. Yeah. And it has the armor class of a siege weapon, so it's got plus 50 defense versus units, generally, yeah, yeah, yeah. unless they have a bonus versus siege weapons. So unless you've got Mangadai or the <laughs> like, it's... Uh, and yeah so if they're playing post-imperial uh yeah i i don't know which there's a bunch of good sibs you can take uh if you're playing post-imperial celts will give you plus 50 hit uh, 40 percent hit points cannot argue with that um ethiopians give you extra blast damage um i don't think you care about the extra range at this point you've got more range than any other um unit in the game pretty much other than trebuchets um, ironclad will give you extra armor, which sure. I mean, yeah. Um, maybe the fifty percent movement speed with <laughs> drill, <laughs> but maybe you take two tons because you don't want to get converted in case you do meet yeah, uh, the yeah. Pope in the finals. Yeah, gosh. It may be a, a worthwhile. You're going to beat everything anyway, so it may be a worthwhile um, defensive measure just in case. Yeah, is that perhaps really its only weakness is is being converted? Like you say, it's got the best armor, best attack, fastest attack. Basically, nothing outranges it, so nothing's going to get close enough to it to hit it. The only chance really would be the the pope to convert it. So. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I like this is the era of Age of Empires two that you had a cheat code like a car. <laughs> play in the game it was always funny so yeah and it's always had funny units like this in the game for uh, uh, at all times and it's a long history of having cars in these games because Age of Empires 1 you could play Big Big Daddy or Big Mama to get the car as well yeah yeah Um, but yeah so I think that's all we have time for Um, thank you very much uh, and look 
forward to uh, talking to you later. More Hidden Cup as the tournament progresses. Yeah, catch you next time.